have disposable mechanical pencils from like 2015. Hmm. So you just don't write anything anymore, which is That's cool. That's what it sounds like. You don't use it. I use pens more often than I yeah, use I'm a, pencils. I'm a pen person. I'm a pen person. And it has to be good paper. Like I like writing what I'm doing the day of mm-hmm. on a legal pad. And don't buy Amazon Basics legal pads. They're terrible. They're just like, they're core, it's coarse, et cetera. Like it doesn't buy like normal paper from wherever. And then buy the Amazon version. You're like, are you kidding me? Like this is like, it's like sandpaper. It's really bizarre. Don't like it whatsoever. Because you can have a nice pen. And if your paper's terrible, garbage. But Kevin, you're telling oh. us you have like a super sick pen, pencil. Well, that's going to be my favorite, but I'll do something that's okay. not my favorite. Um, this is my favorite notepad. It's okay. made from a company called Grove Made. Grove and it's, okay. on, you know, it's it's not like, a, what is it, 3M note sticky? Like the, they just come in and off so you can hmm. rearrange. I don't know. I just love it. It's not lined. It has dots. So you can, it's just, it's one of those things. Is I this another like Kickstarter find hmm. of yours? No, Grove Made's a real company. They, I, I also have... Um, something that i don't think you need but i find joy in it's uh it's a desk pad it's like a leather thing that you put on top Mm. of a wooden desk yeah and put your keyboard other things on top of that yeah that's bad i see the target version of those um (laughs) i'm sure there's pleather options if you if you're a pleather person these aren't i mean you say you don't need but it's not like pricey by any means like it, it gives you a new desk i mean it honestly makes your desk feel new and if you're doing audio stuff it also helps cut down on sound i think my client has a felt version um uh-huh. which is also some people like that feeling i think it's, yeah, it's awful not much more but for those You're who like felt you know very reasonable prices for something that seems like <clears throat> like this seems very bougie like this would be like excessive and you're like oh it's 50 bucks to and depends on size yeah see that i but it's not I, Potato, potato, you say yeah. bougie. I say you must work from home and do real work. So like if you're going to work yeah. from home and actually work, yeah, I don't, it's, it's the same reason I have a pillow. Well, here's, you know, here's, it's like you sleep every day, right? Don't you want a good pillow? Yeah. Here's uh, what's the phrase? What's, what's trending girl math, but here's boy math, bro. Boy okay. math is how much it is divided by how many times you use it. Or exactly. how much you would have paid girl math. Like a, or how many times you pay. Well, girl math would be like, I spent $400 at the store. I return it and then I spend that money again. It's free money. That's kind of like the, the <laughs> okay. trending. Like, no, no, no. True. You're sold negative 400 at some point. I think point. we should let the lady talk about lady math. But that's that's like awesome. the trend, right? Like that's the. Oh, I'm cracking up. Hey, this episode also brought to you by uh, Mucinex Fastmax. It's hey. my current um, reality. I This will be a more, despite the cold open here, this will be a kind of more direct and to the point episode because uh, Olivia's gonna have to cut out a lot of sneezing. I think I'm I'm so. going downhill fast. But mm. Mucinex Fast Max. Uh, I don't know if you all are still like Nyquil Dayquil people, but this stuff is I, awesome. Does I, it give you the loopy doop though? No, <laughs> no loopy doop. Uh, and what's keep, nice is you can take this. Pl- it's acetaminophen is the only pain stuff in it. Okay, Tylenol. You yeah. can take ibuprofen yeah. with this if like you really need to power through something. See, ibuprofen's legit. No problem. Acetaminophen. Mm. Um, this episode brought to you by, I'm looking at my, the drugs that are on my desk that are prescribed by a doctor, which help me function better. That's also great to have as well. So keep it going. This episode Beth. brought to you by bubble water. I have nothing cool to offer in this scenario. Bubble water, spin drift right. is my well, favorite. Let's get bubble started water. then. Let's go. 
Welcome to Market Proof Marketing, the podcast from the industry leaders at Do You Convert, where we talk about the current and future state of marketing and online sales for builders and developers across the globe. We're not here to sell you, we're here to help you and to try and elevate the conversation. Is there a topic you'd like us to cover or a question you'd like us to answer? We'll do it. Simply send an email to show at doyouconvert.com. Welcome to episode 322. I'm Kevin Oakley, and with me today is Beth Russell and Andrew Peake, and we are medicated. Uh, I have a cold or the okay. flu. Um, Beth is here, but here. she says don't trust what she says. She's got loop-de-loops, loop-de-doos. Andrew's on uh, prescription brain. medication okay. of some kind that we're not talking about, <laughs> and we're going to talk about marketing today levels. and online sales. So oh, Let's go. Yeah, We've got a lot to do. Uh, Beth, let's start with your story time, which... Yeah. I love, it just says, um, choosing lunch yep. as my show note here. I love our notes. Like that's I know. great. That's all it says. I always love to kind of leave something questionable there so, <laughs> so I can watch y'all's reaction as you read it. <laughs> choosing lunch. Well, what did you have for lunch today? About? Can we talk um, about that? Like I said, seizure brain. It's fine. So I just didn't know what I was going to talk about today. And it, I had some sort of like an aha moment when I went to go get lunch and I opened up my fridge. And I had some choices. And good choice or bad choice? Hmm. Good choice. It was good. It's good okay. hibachi. So it was still good leftover. So I would know like stir, uh, uh, stir fried rice is leftover rice. So it's kind of double leftovers in terms of if you think about it. Okay. You're making this really complicated. Okay. Which actually ties in really well to my story. So thank there you. You're welcome. Um, but then the other option was like a sesame Asian salad concoction. Your fridge deal. is amazing. Okay. It was delicious. Honestly, it was really two really good options. And I'm ashamed to admit how long I stood there and trying to decide what I was going to eat until I came to the realization that like, I didn't want any of it, you know, typical. And what I really wanted was a peanut butter and jelly. Simple yet Got satisfying right. peanut butter and jelly. So that's what mm. I made. I made a peanut butter and jelly and it was delicious and it was everything I wanted. And I was very happy. And I had this moment of like, oh, this is like an example of what we've been talking about. We've had a lot of conversations applied in several different ways about, you know, not making things overly complex and sometimes simple is the way to do it. And I was like, oh, that's a perfect story. But I'm me. So I took it a step further because I overthought it. And I'm like, well, is it really that simple? Like if I really look at this peanut butter and jelly, is it really that simple? And it wasn't. It was sourdough bread. It was not handmade sourdough bread because I'm not Carla Tootin. And if she's listening right now, she's probably going to be judging me for the amount of chemicals that were in this sourdough sourdough bread, but that's okay. So everything's a chemical. It's okay. Exactly. Let, let judgy people judge. That's what they do. <laughs> well, I don't worry molecules. about that. And yeah. then the peanut butter was Justin's honey, organic, all natural peanut butter. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm judging for a different face. reason, but continue. No, that is the peanut butter that once you taste, you will not eat another peanut butter. Like it's, it's so just a good. test for if you still care if people are judging you. That's all. Keep oh going. no, I don't care. You can judge me all you want. I'm right. So then the she right. The the jelly wasn't a jelly. It was a strawberry preserve. Like in that, you know, like the strawberry preserves that come in the little mason jar with the picnic tabletop. Mm -hmm. Can you yeah. quickly define define you jelly jam smuckers. preserve? What's the difference? Jelly jam preserve. It's Oh, okay. Preserve have like seeds in it and okay. it's, it's made differently from, is my understanding. Okay. Mm -hmm. Jelly is the most kid friendly, right? As far as like, and it's jelly just... is more art tends to lean more artificial. Okay. It might have like high fructose corn syrup okay. or something in it. Carl will have cow in it. That's what I want. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. 
in the jelly. Give me that. Okay. So it's like, okay, this thing looks really simple on the outside, but actually the layers of it are, are far more complex. Right. And so it got me thinking of like, we tend to try to make things more complicated for the sake of making them complicated. But if we actually took the time and, and looked through the layers of the things that are what we deem potentially more simple, there's a lot more to tell and a story that can unfold if we just take the time to look at it and to dissect it. And we'll realize that it's a little bit more complex than it appears on the outside. That's my peanut butter and jelly. Okay. What's it? I love it. I still don't know why you didn't get the leftover. You had two like Asian cuisine options, which sounds significantly better than a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Look, that peanut butter and jelly was. I'm not sure what's happening on the screen here, but this toaster looks like a piece of cake or something. Yeah. So I, well, there's a, a, it's an old Ted talk from, from a while ago, Thomas Whitey's, I'm not sure how you say his name, but he said about making a toaster from scratch. Mm-hmm. Toaster is a relatively stupid object in our lives. Uh, for the most part, there are super, you know, AI infused toasters out there. Um, but he's like, I'm just going to make one from scratch because I want to prove how complex our life is and how we don't realize it's complicated. So he said about like, he had to make his own plastic, everything mm-hmm. from the earth, his own wire, his own everything. And that's what made this toaster look like it is. It's a great, it's a great Ted talk. We can um, put a link to it in the show notes. But that complexity, you know, it doesn't end where you were talking about either, Beth, because there's all the decisions about those individual pieces and how they got there. Yep. And and this is what I say. When pe- a lot of times people rail against simple or um, straightforward because they think that's what makes them like, ever- that, that will make them like everyone else. There will be no differentiation. <laughs> and that's in- incredibly short-sighted opinion because of the complexity of a peanut butter jelly sandwich. It's the same analogy that I use of you could ask 10 people on the same street where I, where where I live and ask them all to make a peanut butter jelly sandwich. They would all be different. Mm -hmm. Every single one of them. Mm -hmm. And because they each have different ingredients, then there's also the ratio of those ingredients. Yep. You know, everything about it, the going into it is incredibly complicated and means that as straightforward as you want. You could make a rule and say, uh, it has to have strawberry peanut butter, strawberry jelly, regular peanut butter and regular bread. And yet you would still end up with 10,000 different variations. And that's the point is that what we try to teach people are these best practices and in air quotes basics, because apparently they're not simple or, or basic. Um, we, we had to do a lot of work to find them, uh, but you can do that. And the inherent differences that make you, you, your department, your department, and your builder, your builder will, will end up meaning that you will create a different sandwich. So you, p- people think they have to start it with a completely, like, I'm going to make a salad. Otherwise, I'll be just like every other sandwich. No, you, it's it's almost impossible to be just like every other sandwich. Like, you'd have to try really hard. Yeah. And I I think what you said there about working really hard at, at each of the parts of that stands out because- just like I said with the peanut butter, I tried so many different peanut butters. I grew up on Peter Pan and Peter Jif, Pan, Jif was, and yep, like all the classics classic. that we all did in the 80s and or 90s, 80s and 90s. The 80s. And not that old. I, I was born in the 80s. Technically, I slid in there. Um, but I mean, I've tried so many peanut butters in my life and it took a while to find the one that like I love and I can never go back to any other peanut butter because this one is amazing. 
And it's the same thing with like your company, your business, your department, you have to try things and figure out what works. And then that's when the complicated becomes simple over time as well. Agreed. Awesome. Agreed. That reminds me of, yeah, two second distraction was somehow I watched some video. I don't know if it was on Reddit or where it was, but it was, it asked a Michelin star. It might've been TikTok. It was, no, it was YouTube. It just like popped up and I have a lot of cooking stuff on YouTube. It's like the auto. that's like what I tend to go to on YouTube. And it was, it asked a Michelin star um, chef, what would be your last meal? Like if you're on death row or something, I'm like, well, this is pretty dark, but that's a good clickbait article. And it's like, it's a simple meal and <laughs> simple to him. I'm looking at the same, like there's like 40 steps. It was some, it was type, from some Bible, wasn't it? maybe that's where I saw it, which wouldn't make sense. It's probably trending. Then it got pushed onto my feed on YouTube, but it was some, for him, it's simple for us when we're like, whoa, that's the most complex looking French toast I've ever seen in my life. Um, it's crazy. Did I, I can't remember if I've shared the story of this new ACE hardware right down the road for me. I can't No, but I love this also. When I saw this in the notes, I was like, this is a perfect theme because Andrew is drawn naturally to either stories about gyms or hardware stores. Cause yeah. we have had multiple stories about yeah, Home Depot, Home Depot checkout Depot. experiences and yes. like, like it's you, still the best. You got it. <laughs> The only thing Home Depot doesn't have, yeah, I'll go all in this one. So Home Depot checkout during pandemic, they went all in and they have amazing self-checkout experience. Uh-huh. The only thing they don't have is they you only have a gun, like a scanner in your hand. So you only have one hand to do stuff with. But if you get used to it, you then load your cart with everything. You just beep, 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 beep. You're good to go. Um, it, but there's no like scan it, throw it in the bag. So it's, it's, but in general, like you scan it, it's super fast, all that stuff. Anyways, there's this Ace Hardware. Um, the area I live in is, it's called Seminole. It's the city. But there's also a neighborhood called Bardmore. Bardmore. Sounds like Baltimore. Bardmore Country Club, which connects to the Bayou Country Club Estates, which has like gated with a person there, security, right? That's behind the Publix, Publix, our grocery store, shopping center that this Ace Hardware is at. Homes behind, directly behind it are six, seven, eight, two million plus. So like that area is nice. They grow across the street. The houses are old, two bedroom, two baths from like the fifties and sixties, probably three and 400,000. So it's, that's just the area I live in. Anyways, this Ace Hardware is like right next to Publix. Perfect location. You see it there all the time, but it's just weird. It's really weird. Like you go up to this, the door and it's like no minors under 16, unless accompanied with an adult. Like what? Like, that's weird. And this Publix, you have kids all the time pulling up in their golf carts that are not, they're street legal and then not street legal, but they could get there. And this is like one little road they have to cross. So there's kids all the time. This is really weird. And so this one, so there's these weird signs that almost feel unwelcoming, but then you walk in and, but it's super convenient. And then you walk in you're like, why are there these little red tags on every little, I don't know what they're called, like the little peg that holds like the item on the shelf whether it's like a drill bit or whatever it may be, you can't take, this was, I just saw it today. You cannot take any item down from the shelf without an employee unlocking the little magnetic lock. Um, What the heck? I'm like, do they have a theft problem? They just opened up maybe like six, seven months ago. People are just getting used to it. Like, oh, I could go to Publix and then get my, like whatever project I'm working on at the house. Cause you know, any, anyone listening, Beth, you've done home projects. So you go to Home Depot one time or Lowe's, you start the project. You're like, oh crap. I I got this. You go back like three or four times. You just, you're not a professional. You still don't have like, like when I was doing the floors upstairs at my house, I needed like, probably I went through like five jigsaw blades. So I had to go back. I don't have just jigsaw blades laying around. But long story short, they have this weird signage up front where it's like no kids under 16 unless with an adult, which isn't like a common, what kids go into a hardware store. 
not not really many. And then to get any item off the shelf, you have to get, hey, I want to buy this or look at it. Can you take it off the little peg and it has this magnetic lock? Mm-hmm. I'm like, what in the world? It's so unwelcoming. And the area doesn't really make sense. I would understand certain areas of town where like things are locked up or maybe the tools or batteries, high value items. I could I could sort of understand that. But that was like, I was buying like a little, like a new um, clamp that goes around like the hose dryer vent. Like somehow it got a little bent. So it's like, I don't know, it's like three bucks, it's like a four inch worm clamp or pipe clamp, whatever it's called. I had to go find someone. I'm like, hey, I need to get this. Okay, cool. Yeah. I'm like, just so you know, this is pretty stupid. Like, I, was, I wasn't like a jerk. I wasn't complaining. Maybe that was a jerk move, but I'm like, this feels really weird. He's like, yeah, this is my life. I'm like, do, do you want anything else? Like, I walk around with the store. Like, I could let me help you out. I'm like, no, that's kind of uncomfortable. Like, I don't, I don't want to be like escorted around as if I'm yeah. stealing something. Like, no, 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 I'm not saying that. I'm like, kind of feels that way a little bit, don't you think? And I was, I felt like I was being pleasant, but maybe who knows if I was or wasn't. But I'd, so I don't know, it just made me feel unwelcomed. Like, yeah. why am I here? I'll just go to Home Depot or Lowe's. I forget this place. So I give them two years. Yeah, Ace Hardware only exists under the premise that you're going to get good personal service from people who know stuff. That's they I mean, know there's really stuff. no other reason. Or, or else local. it's like they or go they off, the weird... off the local gas station like kind of vibe. Yeah. Sometimes the super small Ace mm-hmm. Hardware's where no one would ever go there unless it's just truly right around the corner and you, yep. you know, you know, so you know it's going to be in stock. Or they got like the weird and their shelves are always so tiny because they cram everything in there. Like they they're always some like niche need or like the one that is more popular around here. They have ammo and they sharpen knives. And it's like kind of like this weird sporting goods store, except not Florida things. I have no idea. Florida things. Super weird. But I'm like, why would they make the choice to had they had to order like two or three thousand of these magnetic locks? You cannot take anything off the, the shelves. Yeah. It was a weird, weird decision. But the message that it gave was like, we don't trust you. We don't want you to shop on your own. We don't want you touching anything unless we give you permission. Mm. So not, not a good vibe. So yeah, I give sounds like you. some builder websites that we've seen. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Uh, so is, is that, um, I don't are you making the comparison of gatekeeping content? Well, you could, if you overly gate, there right? you go. So if overly, you overly gate, if you're, if you're choosy about what you gate and you gate the right thing, then the gating is, isn't necessarily a bad yeah, that's experience why people have the visceral reaction of no all it must always be bad whenever we talk about the right way to do it but yeah makes sense yeah, just some things. Uh, my story time is going to change up a little bit because my wife just got hit by an old lady with no teeth she said uh oh, while picking okay. up the kids from school okay okay i'm sure so, everything's okay if you're still uh, here life is unpredictable kids that's the <laughs> that's my story time uh it happens it i'll happens. be back whenever but you all continue on. Have fun we'll recording. On. Yeah. We'll miss you. <laughs> this is They're a... all safe. It's all good, but it is okay, snowing good. hard and you gotta go do kids are crying. So I'll be back. Do that. Okay. okay. Rescue there mission. Rescue mission. You know what this is fun? Beth, should we try to this is live? Like this is I mean it's not live, but should we try to get someone on real quick while just for like two seconds and we could edit out like Oh a my minute? gosh, that would be so or fun. Just, like yeah, a, so like, we're switching stuff. Put it out to the bit. family. Uh Bobby Lee, Theo Vaughn, Shane, Shane Gillis. <laughs> Maybe we could get one. Can we of those get some Jason on. Kelsey on here? Jason, you know Taylor Swift was born in '89. I think you're an '89 baby. I'm '89 I'm an as well. You're '88, so you're really mm, you're, you're probably getting your AARP cards in. You know what? I don't appreciate that. You guys seen your discount? Just kidding. Um, yeah. I am realizing like 35 totally changes the game, though. Yeah, so. so I'm 34. I'm still young. You're 35. <laughs> Hang on to it. Okay. Do you have any gray yet? Are you graying? I oh, have I went gray here. in my like tw- in my 20s. Okay. Yeah, it's, this, 
badge of honor. And I would honestly grow it out. My sister-in-law is growing out her gray and she looks amazing. Um, yeah. and I would grow it out if I could, but it, it just doesn't with my skin tone, it mm. just doesn't look right. And it doesn't help me because I already look like I'm 17 in so many ways because I stopped growing when I was 12. So it just is really confusing when you see this person who looks like they're 17, but they have like old lady gray hair. It's just, I just rather. Is, yeah. At the builder show. Why is that child here? Oh, it's Beth. Oh, it's, 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 oh, it's sorry, Beth. Beth. Like, oh, who are you with your mom or dad? No, it's Beth. That's legitimately what happened to us on our it's honeymoon. Hilarious. But that's a whole that's, different story. That's really awkward. Um, let's, you know, let's yeah. distract ourselves. Let's talk about the builder show a little bit because I think that is coming up. This will be yeah. out on the 20 something. Mm -hmm. So it's, we're like four weeks and counting. I'm super excited. So um, excited. I haven't been in two years, I think. And Vegas has been like three or four years for me. Right before the pandemic started was I was in Vegas. Um, so I'm excited. And then it snowed that time. I don't know if y'all remember that it snowed on the strip. Like I think it was a Wednesday night. Yeah. Um, after, you know, O'Neill Interactive usually has their, yeah. I forget, they have it with someone else. I forgot who it is this year. Um, They're doing Wednesday the Builder, Builder Tech. Tech. Builder Tech. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There we go. Um, always a great venue in Vegas. Um, I'm sure there'll be some things posted up somewhere on all access. I know we, we, um, how do I want to say that? There'll be definitely invites to play things. just informal get togethers. Not, they're not hundred percent. They're not events. They're just like, Hey, let's hang out before we walk over to the convention um, center, which it's so good. Yeah. Like, and come find us. Like I yeah. plan on being in sales central as often as possible. So yeah. Carla. Carla, what Carla, what is happening to your, your she office? She literally right brought now? the party with her. I hope people are watching this I'm right changing, now. I'm changing I got the up. same light as you, Andrew. Well, mine, oh, I don't know how to guys. do that. Could you, you Wait, know, you probably on. got the bougie one, which lets you, let's see, slow. I don't know how to do it. Did you get the fill up view? It's the same. What button? What button do you do? It Mine's the bougie Auto. version. Auto. Oh, I like yours. Hers is the classy version. Yeah. With the, with the, bronze there we go. What's we'll brass bronze what's the color copper i can't tell it's a it's a bronze, bronze. I, think. I like the bronze vibe okay well welcome carla we carla. got we were actually talking yeah. about you earlier carla good things um yeah mostly you judging <laughs> me for my my bread that i would probably be using or no Chemicals. the she probability her, of you judging my bread sandwich. that i used yeah so do you have a story carla i know you kind of got launched it. something fun something interesting doesn't have to be builder related Ideally, there's it's it's we don't have to do like a a tag of not safe for work. Keep it keep it PG thirteen ish. A story. Oh, Kevin's what was back. your story? Oh, Kevin's gonna kick me oh, out. Yeah, Kevin. Yeah, you got yeah. work to do, girl. I do. Oh, have Kevin's work back. Always like I'm so busy. I don't even know which way is up. It's, I'm I I'm slacking busy. you at one in the morning. But she uh, just does that though. She does her best work at like eleven thirty p.m. She has a um like a script on her computer that just sends messages later in the evening to make That's it not even appear. me like half the time i should say i like there's like um there's four more builders that have are signing up for creative services in the next three days so you need to like no you That's can stay if you want not even a lie there you go. that's a good question Carla, yeah, where, do you, where do you see builders have the biggest challenges with looking good as they are and like design oh. stuff like not as necessarily like font but just like what's the like mental is there like a mental challenge they don't want to spend invest in it or I think no don't... one's like thought about it or looked at it. Okay. So almost I like think things like happen so awareness. fast that they just happen piecemeal. And then before you know it, it's like out of control and it's a monster. Gotcha. 20 years you... go by and your logo is still uh, just a roof line with like Times New nope. Roman font. 
As you were talking, Kevin, I was thinking roofline. He's going to say roofline. Just remodeling, roofing, um, home builder. It's like, it's it's anything. And then they're like, I can use Canva and it all looks crazy. And I'm like, well, they're like, help me fix it. Easy. Just to get everyone back up to speed. um, The great thing about teenage drivers is like, I get all my stuff in, I'm running out the door and like, I'm going to go. And my oldest daughter pulls up in her Jeep and is like, Hey, I think mom's in trouble. I just drove by her. Could you go back and kick, pick up the boys? <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. So sure. now it'll be good, like family bonding. Like I could go and be the dad, but now she feels like she's the savior. It'll make her closer to her siblings. It's going to be great. So and she's in a Jeep and it's snowing. It just makes sense. Yeah. It's like, it's exactly. The Jeep four wheel drive. I mean, exactly. ready to go. Okay. This I don't is think she knows quite possibly the most drive. chaotic podcast episode yeah, ever. And ever. I'm obsessed. Okay. Is it my story time? Carla, your story time? What are we doing? No, I don't have story story time aside. Like I can't make oat milk. I'm trying to do like this whole crunchy thing and it's like terrible. It's like absolutely garbage. What's your um, device called? The the nutter? It's called a nutter and it blends sprouted oats. I buy like the fancy oats and then I add one date into it and water. And then that way I know it's like an explicit rating on a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Why only one date? That seems very little. Like that seems not sweet enough. It's not. It's pretty okay. like not great. But I think I have reverse ADD though. I just can anything related to home builder marketing or online sales or design. Oh well, they told me I could talk about anything. I thought we were just talking about like whatever. <laughs> it, Kevin, you go. I don't know. <laughs> when you finish, you'll connect it to like, oh, okay, that makes sense as far as your your anticipated outcome was not what you did. So now you're in this. Yeah, it's just like an analogy for you don't need unnecessary ingredients in your strategy. Is that does that work? Like, we had this keep it simple theme, like actually, like like keep it actually it, does work. I'm not gonna lie. Right. See yeah, me which, at Summit. Well, thank you for coming to my TED Talk. There we go. Summit awesome. in Chicago. Cool. Um, my story time is I was in Colorado last week visiting the winner from the summit, and. It was a great reminder because they had an amazing agenda. And by amazing, I mean like very detailed. Like I was like, hey, I'll come hang out with you all for a day, give some insights, share some stuff. And they're like, they set this agenda of, I think there was like nine different sessions, 30, 45 minutes each in length on different topics. Some of which I talked at at the Builder Show. So I was like, oh, they want me to say kind of what I did there to the whole team and other things. I was like, I don't think I've ever talked about that in my life. Um, But they made their own conference with you, it sounds like. Man. I'm just going to go in and, I, I, and I'm going to, we'll, we'll like use it as a rough outline, but I'm just going to do Q and a and every meeting we started with just like, does anyone have any questions around this topic or generally? And it ended up just being basically nine hours of Q and a over two days. And it was a Man. good reminder of a lot of things that I haven't talked about in a while because I'm always afraid to repeat myself. Um, which I, one is stupid because most people aren't paying attention. Uh, you know, they might listen to the podcast while they're doing something else. They might see the blog headline, not read the whole article. People are busy. So repeating yourself is important um, is kind of the first takeaway from my story time. And then the second thing is it's, you have to remind people that it's okay to ask questions. Um, As soon as some people ask questions, other people ask questions, but also um, just because you've been doing something for five years, 10 years, two years, it can feel dumb to ask questions, but this was, and the, uh, this home building company has been around for a long time, um, sells a lot of homes every year, and yet 
they had a lot of questions, some of which would maybe be considered basic, but basic questions lead to more complicated questions or more insightful questions typically. Or at least if I wanted to kind of pat myself on the back, it's like if the person you're asking the question to understands kind of where else that conversation could go, you can get to some really interesting places. And what's, one example, go ahead. well, you don't know, you got, you got, I was going to say question. what's interesting is, um, I forgot his name, but from that company you visited, emailed me, um, oh, okay. two days ago asking about the market proof algorithm Uh huh. and it was started as a simple question. Let, let's, I only jumped in because like this actually happened. He's like, Hey, I need clarity on this step, which is a very beginning step. It's like he had all the advanced stuff done, like how to pull the numbers, but he's like, when do I do this part or this part and why should I? keep that algorithm at community level, region, or company-wide, which is a very big question. But his it started out as like, hey, wh where do I get this number from? I'm like, well, that depends, X, Y, Z. So it was, it was good, like just two email conversation follow-up. I'm like, dang, kind of impressed that he, it's like, I, I took the question. And I'm like, cool, this is fun. But like, imagine he doesn't really know me whatsoever. He saw Kevin for a little bit and is willing to like expose, like, hey, I don't know this. I'm mm -hmm. exposing, like, I lack this knowledge and I need your assistance. Like, shout out to you. Like some people would just be like, I don't want to ask because that might make. Yeah. Well, one, one real small example of, of where we found ourselves over, over these nine hours was they had a question about, Hey, how much of our inventory in a specific community should we put on our website? Cause we don't want it to look like there's just a ton. We don't want it to look like we don't have anything. Is there some clue to that? So we have that conversation, but one of the things that, that I noticed because of that question was you have two homes here that are within $220 of each other. They're, so we're talking about things that are in the hundreds of thousands of dollars range. You have two of the same floor plan in a multifamily setting, and they are within $220 of each other. If you're a consumer and you look at that, there's no information there to make a decision. Like you, you're, you're like, well, why are they $220 difference? You look at the square footage, like everything listed on the site is the same but there's this price differential and it's minimal. And so you're like, what's the point of having two of those up there? There is no point, but except for the fact that they are actually two for sale, <laughs> but it, it led to this conversation of, you know, you can, you're allowed to raise the price of one of them. And everyone gasped and the sales manager, I think wanted to punch me in the face. But I said, if you raise the price of one of them by like $3,000 or $4,000, you'll sell the other one faster. And then there is no rule that says you can't change the price of the other one after that one sells, mm -hmm. but it's not communicating anything. So other than the fact that there are two of basically the same thing with arbitrary pricing, you, you can take advantage of the fact that you have two of the same, same thing, but push the pricing artificially separate to make one be a perceived better value. And, and it kind of goes back to the peanut butter, like it, or just lunch decision, like humans need um, feedback mechanisms to compare and contrast and, and to feel like they're making good decisions and to make it as easy as possible. Who's yeah, they the want the certainty. So we make choices. That's all relative choices. Is that, um, oh, it's the book that you're like, get this one. Oh, same um, as ever. Uh, it's the other one. Caldini, Caldini, Caldini. Caldini. Like, oh, it's oh influence. 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 All, everything's relative. Yeah. Like we make choices relative. Oh, Carly's leaving. Um, there we go. Yeah. But I'm um, curiosity. There were they were identical homes, like the two. Mm -hmm. two, two that's yeah, confusing. Well, with, like... with again, it's not just that they're identical. They're positioned and like same image, 
Mm -hmm. Same description, sa same everything. So like, what are you? I'm like, hey, why is that one a little bit more? Does it include? Uh, you would immediately think exactly. Like, that's that's my point. Even maybe... if you don't change the description or the pictures, someone is likely to become a lead and say, hey, I'm I'm confused. What's the difference between these two? And the so one is actually this like adding friction is sometimes helpful. That's another mm -hmm. thing that people miss all the time. A little bit of friction can actually be helpful if if done correctly. And the reason they're calling is because they like the less expensive one more. They're just calling, like, am I missing something? Does that yeah. other one have stuff that I don't? Because if they are the same, I'd be an idiot not to take advantage of this better value. Yeah. And yeah. this is not where you went with a conversation with them, I don't I don't think, but like, I'm like, I bet there is like $500 worth of cost you could add to the other one and charge 3K more and the value is perceived that it is 3,000 more. In terms of just sure, there's an extra twenty five. In this case, they already exist. So like, like we didn't go down there because I, yeah. I assume they're basically the same. It's a multifamily building, but the cost may actually be different. But this is an old lesson that people in marketing who get involved in product pricing learn or should learn quickly. Cost has nothing to do with price. Um, it shouldn't if you're doing it if you're doing it well. So yeah. Anyway, ask questions, um, simple questions lead to lead to better questions, advanced questions that lead to insights. And that's my story time. Okay. I like it. Uh, I think we went long on the focused episode. So we did. We let's about do, the show a let's do two and then favorites and call it a pod. Um, first up from doyouconvert.com, why OSCs are taking over, why OSC is taking over. <laughs> I thought, I thought that would be over. a different headline. That would be. Very attractive, you know, why OSCs are taking over on-site sales. Um, that's not what the headline, it's why OSCs are taking, why OSCs taking over on-site leads is a bad idea yeah. by Jesse Suggs. Um, the saying goes, the online sales team is the best at nurturing leads. Hey, let's have them work with all of our lower converting leads who came in from walk-in walk and on-site appointments. They can nurture those leads since they specialize in that and generate feedbacks. What a brilliant idea. Genius. Um, and then Jesse goes on to say why that might not be a great idea, because typically the conversion ratio is 0 0.2, 0 0.1, less than 1%. Let's just say that safely less than 1% when that happens. Wow. Imagine Guilty. doing something 200 times and it only works one time. Mm -hmm. That sounds so uh, right. These people will last three weeks, may maybe three weeks. Like if, you, if that's your day, you yeah. make a thousand calls. Did you say Guilty. I said guilty because I remember being in a state of mind um, when I managed the online sales program of like just fury because all of these leads that we generated and appointments that we made that were just getting lost and not nurtured and not, and not cared for and was just like, fine, we're taking them back out of desperation mm -hmm. and out mm -hmm. of just like, this is not how you do it. Um, they know so much better. Like they know, they know how to do this so much better. I trust them to make something happen at this point. And so I'm guilty of this. And it was through the lens of absolute desperation and over and somewhat selfishness over the leads themselves. Um, but it did work. And I won't lie. It did work in some capacity, but it also wasn't the best customer experience. It was confusing. It was way too hard on the OSCs. It left a lot more um, complications. We overly complicate it when we should have just made it simple. Yeah. 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 I, the, the closing paragraph says, remember the handoff process is just that handing the lead off to the sales rep to take it to the finish line. Now mm 
here's the thing that I don't, the experiment that I would like someone to run. Cause I, I mean, her, her example of giving someone 1,540 leads from a sales rep, passing it back to the online sales team and only getting four sales um, from the 16 appointments that they made, you know, chasing after 1,540 people. The, the experiment that I want someone to run is, and again, in a very small number, don't do this on your own. If you, if you work with us, don't do this without talking to Jen, Mike, or Jesse, or they will come find me. Yeah. I think there's something about the staleness of this. You know, I, I, I always go back to the dating analogy to when we're talking about sales, because it's so applicable. I think, um, I go out on a first date with someone, they like me, but I ghost them for two months or they ghost me for two months. Yeah, and then there's this amazing service that says, we'll try to re-engage those people. And of course, the, the conversion rate is going to be awful because that person after two months has probably moved on in one way or the other. Mm -hmm. And so here, here's where this comes from on my end is we did have really good success at Heartland of having one additional call after the appointment was set just to say, how did that appointment go? It was like the final part of the handoff process. Whenever we had, it wasn't consistent. But whenever we had the time, it would make that one extra call. And about 25 to one third of the time, we would schedule a second appointment, potentially even at a different community, which again, this causes potential confusion and complexity. I understand we were doing 400 mm -hmm. homes a year in Pittsburgh when we were doing this, but we'd get, we'd set a, another appointment because the person would say, you know what, that appointment didn't go so great. I don't really love that community. I, I don't like that salesperson. I don't like whatever. Um, I wonder if anyone has stats that they would want to share or scenarios they'd want to try where, where this just happens faster, meaning like some of the numbers that I share with people all the time is I never let a salesperson have more than 10 A's not allowed. You're not allowed to have mm -hmm. less than two A's. B's could only remain B's for a given period of time. Usually at once the full sequence was, was completed three, four months, maybe. Um, the point is that the sooner I can get an on-site salesperson to say, honestly, I'm not going to like, instead of playing the game of create a task, don't complete it, create a task, do something else. Like this perception of motion, the sooner the on-site salesperson says, I'm just going to be honest with you, probably not going to do anything with this person, the better. Because yep. if we wait too long, then all these numbers that that we're talking about here happen. Versus, uh, let me let me try to think of another way to say it. And remember, everyone, I'm on cold medication. Mucinex. But it's it's like we we have to verify that the that the delay is being caused by the customer. And to assume that the delay is is. Um, uh, yeah, I don't want to say that. Finish that for me. Like the, like, is it the, the customer decided to leave the, per, leave ghost. us on, on, on red or red. Yeah. The, like right. it's not the not on-site the salesperson isn't not... being lazy. It's like they, they ghosted us. Like they, they're not responding. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, I think that's what I mean. What I'm, yeah. Or it's making sure that the salesperson didn't just say like, Hey, I'm going to phone this in yeah. because my system says I have to, but I'm not really all in it. And so for mm -hmm. whatever reason, the follow-up didn't connect, the the process didn't continue. Whereas someone else who's like in it, excited, has the systems and the and and doesn't mind making a couple extra 
um, outbound requests to connection. Now there is the point of confusion of like, who is this other person reach out, reaching out to me? And I do a hundred percent agree that giving it back to your frontline online sales team, like they should never prioritize this over inbound new leads. So like, mm-hmm. I'm not even, again, I'm not advocating that the an online salesperson should be the one doing this, but I still think there's something out there that that we haven't found yet as an industry that's a different. Well, Can I think I... there's a lot of opportunity here for online sales teams to collaborate and in some ways educate their sales teams on what works for them and their follow-up process and the payback mm-hmm. or the payoff of doing such. Like when I was at Stylecraft, when um, Lacey implemented or you know spearheaded their whole long-term follow-up process and increased sales by 12% in a matter of two months through that nice. process that she built out and she tracked it. When she presented that to the sales team, it was like, oh, it does work. And it was all of a sudden people were able to see, like, if I follow up with people, they might actually call me back. They actually text me back. Or if I send a video email, they might open it and watch it. And it was just this reminder, kind of going back to what you said, Kevin, about like the questions that you were getting about marketing is that sometimes people just forget and we have to remind them, but it also, um, gives them something and new tactics that they can then make their own that are maybe better fit for the on-site process. Um, and then you don't lose that connection. You don't lose that as that rapport that they built on site together that they had. Yeah. It's still the same person reaching out. They're just using some of the tactics that they may have learned from the online sales experts. Yeah. I think that's great. I think it's, I think it's a fantastic idea. And again, to be clear, the article and us as an organization are telling you don't send on-site leads back to OSCs. Super, trying to be super clear about that. Yeah. All I'm all I'm saying is that on-site salespeople tend to keep customers rated either too high or too low for too long, and that's where everything gets lost. Again, like why do people become a lead? It's because they either want to take a next step, they have a question about something they can't see information on, or they need a human to hold their hand and give them the okay. They just want that human interaction, but the all of those things are short, like it's short little bursts of opportunity. Like someone's not seriously shopping and, and interacting with people for six months. They're researching for six months or longer. And then like, like all of us, we can only deal with that level of intensity around something for so long. And then we're like, uh, yeah. We're, we're so I'll be super quick. So we got another one. I actually think this is a cool opportunity, not for the on the online sales team, but someone else in terms of uh, lead language. These are aged leads, right? They're mm-hmm. aged. So typically, if you're, let's say we had a business and we're buying aged leads, these would be what, 50 cents or a dollar? Some, they'd be super cheap, really cheap aged leads. If you're buying leads, that's not our business model. But like solar, like solar sales, like super probably you could buy like 5,000 aged leads, whatever. And it's here's, it's five grand, whatever it may be. But if your numbers were, let's say you bought 1500 leads, you had 1500 leads. This is not online, not your online sales team. This is someone else. They do outbound calls. I did long. This is their life as a call center. They don't have the context of quick, good, warm leads that are friendly and want to talk. Their life is outbound calls, rejection, rejection, rejection. If one person had four sales a month and they're selling, that's what 2 million in revenue or 1.5, depending on the, what the house sells for. Yeah. Then whatever margins for say it's 30 to 40 sales per year. 
is and that, that and that's that's again where reasonable, we do have but, that we, we yeah. do have numbers on that um we do have companies who have had so people really in that position where they only sad. work age leads and yeah. they don't get those numbers even but my point is forget the whole aged part of the conversation at all let's just talk to leads who for whatever reason are not getting the level of inter interaction yeah. that they expect or need how do yeah. we solve that problem and there is no be a definitive answer, but I still think it's a problem that needs to be solved. Yep. And I bring that up and I still think if they're age leads and they're interested in buying a home, they'll be back on their own. So like, is there actually a, a point kind of to calling 1500 people when like the four people that would have bought probably would have, that's, I can't mm -hmm. really prove that, but like they likely would have come back at some point if they truly were interested. I don't think you pick up a phone and get someone to buy, buy someone, they'll buy a house. Yeah, like they were going to. This anyways. is this is the controversial part, and I'll tie it back to her article. And, and point number four of why this isn't a good idea is that it encourages bad behaviors and practices with your on-site sales reps. Mm -hmm. And I completely, I mean, it's true. And yet, I will just tell you that no shots being fired at anyone in particular. Most on-site salespeople are bad. They they already have bad behaviors around all of this, and sales managers do not or will not hold them accountable for it. So that's just where the like, let's solve again. I just, I think I like this framing more than the more I repeat it is it's a problem that still has not been solved. And I wish we would just stop assuming that it has been solved because sales managers are telling salespeople they have to follow up, but guess what? They aren't. And they don't know how to manage that. Well, nope. Um, also we didn't put this in the show notes, but, uh, or in the, um, we're not going to talk about it. But we, we will talk about it next week. And I think it's important if we should put it in the show notes twice, um, Olivia, this week and next week, is there is an FCC ruling, by the way, that just came out that said yeah. that um, companies cannot pass leads on to multiple companies. So this whole business model of realtor saying, I'm your source for, or some company saying, I'm your source for new homes in an area, and then selling those leads out to multiple people to follow up is going to go away in about six months when they start enforcing that. It's just yeah. super, lots of interesting effects that are going to come from that um, that ruling. I listened to Next most up, of that announcement. It was so fun. It was actually, mm -hmm. it was good, but I don't think this is really dry. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's yeah. good. Next up from theverge.com, 48,000 companies sent Facebook data on a single person. What's the backstory here is a consumer report study found that thousands of companies contribute to Facebook's data stores on every individual. And this isn't something that we don't know, right, Andrew? But it's it's interesting to see some of the numbers on this one. Of, um, And again, this is why I say every every syndication platform, homes.com, Redfin, Realtor, Zillow, everyone, every one of them will talk about, we have our own proprietary you know, people and niche that, that, that come to our site that, that we know. And, and my point is always like, yes. And meta and Google know them as well, because if you are um, a builder that voluntarily uploads a list to meta of people of leads to try to match for reporting purposes, guess what? Like it's not rocket scientists. It's not uh, rocket science. It's not, I mean, it is, but it doesn't have to be artificial intelligence to say, huh, Builder X at Happy Acres just uploaded Kevin Oakley as a lead. Um, if anyone else would like to run ads to try to reach Kevin Oakley, like we know he's in the market for a home. And so yeah. it's that one example times thousands that we're talking about where every company uploading this data on their, on their customers to Meta to get better reporting and attribution is also by default informing Meta about what's going on. Yeah. 
It's and on average, they had 700 some 709 volunteers. Researchers found that on average, Meta received data from 2,230 companies for each of those volunteers. They know what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> That's which is yeah, which is good and bad, right? It makes you feel some type of way, but then we take advantage of it. And we so, haven't talked about this in a long time, Andrew, but it, it actually positions Meta closer to what we've talked about with Amazon in the past, where, you know, um, it talks about Home Depot, Walmart, Amazon, and other other really large data broker companies submitting all this data back in. That means that in theory, like when you enter in your phone number, your Home Depot rewards card, whatever, right? They they may be submitting what you actually purchased which in the past we've talked about, that's something that really Amazon had a, like they know what you're actually buying, like not just true what you're privacy. shopping for. Like Amazon's mm -hmm. one to worry about, not Facebook, what you click on, but like what you're actually buying to what address, to whom, to when, spending mm -hmm. amounts. Um, yeah. sure that somehow connects to your credit and all that stuff. Like it's, it's so they know everything about us. To me, I'm like, this is kind of, this is a side stuff article. Like, what are you gonna do? Like, I don't know, yeah. like it's like, yeah, well, I just be, love it is a how concern, simple like... this really is. I mean, it's 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 a va it's incredibly complicated in terms of the amount of data points coming from different places. Mm -hmm. But it, you know, the article says we've all heard someone say our smartphones are listening to us, and they must know how so that they know what ads to show. The truth is, companies aren't just sitting around waiting for us to talk about jeans. They already know we want jeans, what size we wear, what brands we like, and roughly the time of year we usually start buying them. Yeah. And it's not because of sorcery. It's just they're getting all of this data from multiple different sources. Mm -hmm. Everything you click on, everything you don't click on, but you stay hovered over or like the view time on the screen. Yeah. I think oh. my husband has some cool books about this. Um, because yeah, he's he high speed. Spiraled down this rabbit hole. Okay. That, that's why you don't have TikTok on your phone. That's why I don't that's why I do not have TikTok. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. All right. Um Let's skip favorites this week. Yeah. We've gone longer, no longer favorites. than my medicated self can hang on for. So that'll do it for this week. Stay tuned next week for double favorites. And we'll see you next time. Double favorites. See ya. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Market Proof Marketing. Can't wait for the next one? Or looking to connect with other new home marketers? Become a member of our private community, DYC All Access which is 100% free and always will be. Get exclusive content not shared anywhere else, access to private events, and the ability to join a marketing impact group with other marketers like you around the country. Visit our link in the show notes or members.doyouconvert.com to join. All opinions expressed by me, Andrew Peek, Jackie Lipinski, and our castmates are solely our own opinions. Now get to work and make sure your company is market-proof.